You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, our long national nightmare is over. It is no longer the off season. Rookies are reporting. We have training camp. Hallelujah. How happy are you, Grump? I'm pretty happy. Um, you know, training camp isn't as exciting for me Uh you know, I I get into the like watching the little mini battles and stuff like that, but the excitement really comes with uh, probably that like I guess now it's the second preseason game. Whenever whatever preseason game gets us a real glimpse into what it's supposed to look like, and it's like the starters play for you know two and a half quarters. That's when I'm like really excited because then then it's starting to feel like we're getting for real. Yeah. Um, but I, the, I'm pretty the excited. Concept, the concept that it's training camp just tells me that the calendar is finally moving you know this has been a it's been a rough baseball summer for me and i know you yankee fans are all happy but uh i'm, I'm ready for fall i i, I have a, a new coaching staff for my college team and my pro team you know it's kind of hope springs eternal and just training camp means that we're getting close we're we're seven weeks away from opening kickoff only seven so you know the, there's light at the end of the tunnel for the the summer abyss well, that's that's certainly exciting. Seven weeks away, and and the Giants are uh, making moves now. So, training camp starts this week. Uh, ahead of training camp, a couple of announcements. Uh, most recently, uh, as in, if you're listening to this when it's launching, yesterday, last night, uh, <laughs> Giants signed Andrew Adams, returning DB, who was an undrafted free agent for the team back in 2016, I think, 2017, somewhere around then. Around there, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a good, solid, well-rounded depth DB. Special I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Too, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just like any depth DB probably mm-hmm. is really like a special teams guy as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, a guy who does not embarrass himself on the field. Well, I mean, now that we're training camp, now it's all about battles. Who, you know, Fighting for backup spots, fighting for depth. So it's just get another guy into the mix and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather have a guy come in at the beginning of camp than worrying about you know, cut down day guys who are going to come into the organization really late and have to play catch up to understanding what the schemes will be and stuff. So you know, if he's off the street, let's give him a shot and see what he can do. Yeah, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I I would not be surprised if he sticks, um, and stays throughout the whole process. There's a lot of questions of the DBs. And uh, he's a, he's stuck around in the league, so I wouldn't be shocked if he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, other sure. other news, though, Daniel Bellinger, who was receiving a lot of first team reps in spring uh, in spring workouts and minicamp and stuff like that, uh, rookie tight end, he is starting out the year on the PUP list, so he has a bit of a quad injury, I think it is, or some kind of soreness of some kind, but uh, he will not be seen for a little while right now I mean that that's murky he could be activated a number of different times um, but I think there's like a trigger once the season starts that he has to wait like four games till he's that's activated correct. so he could 
but I mean, we know we know nothing right now, so there's no reason to really think anything of it other yeah, than yeah there was a report from somebody that said it wasn't too too serious um you know nothing that's season threatening but uh they want to get some precautions but it's just so aggravating Grump. like every year since we're going through the same thing where the injuries start in training camp and they, they kind of spiral out of control um I, I mean there's you know the conspiracy theorists on twitter always think it's you know oh get rid of the medical staff or oh get rid of the turf but I just think it's Octum's razor. I just think it's as simple as we've been unlucky. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, it's a it's a dangerous sport, a violent sport. I think every team has injuries that you know that may not be national news, but things that every fan base gets concerned about. I you know I just think this team has been snake bit in so many ways, and injuries are another part of it. And I just hope that this isn't the start of another rash of of injuries that that will plague us through the training camp and into the regular season. Um, I don't. I don't think the Giants have been particularly um, unfortunate in this area. I think they've been probably on the upper side of the league average with injuries. But you know, think back to what was like two years ago. The 49ers had like 15 guys on IR in like week four or something yeah. like that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that this. You know. Even more Occam's razor here. Razor here. The simplest explanation is that it's just you know it's just a sport where people get hurt, yeah. and as the years progress, these guys train differently and harder and all year round. Um, it, it was not commonplace for players to be training super hard in January and February and you know March, April on their own time several decades ago, and that's just the norm now. Also wasn't as commonplace for rookies to come in and just be expected to be starters. They're, guys are held to a different physical standard now. I mean, you, you think about what the height and weight means and a lot of other stuff. You know, it's injuries are the kind of thing that should be tracked the same way that we change the way we approach the game. Right. Uh, and so they're not. They're, there's going to be spikes as we change things with the game probably. So I, I, I don't think that there's any anything... I don't know. Particularly, I, the, look, Daniel Bellinger is a rookie. Um, he just trained really hard for a combine, right? And you know, for his pro day, and then immediately gets you know he gets drafted. Now he's thrown into mini camp where he was taking starter reps. Um, I'm sure he was working his ass off individually oh, yeah. in between, I, I you know, with the weight room and shit. I, I'm just saying, I think that this is a guy who has been training constantly and probably just overworked something. You know, I don't think that this is like a systemic problem with the the, the training staff and medical stuff and all, any of that shit. I mean, really think about what this dude has done is that he's been probably constantly working his body, you know, to, uh, you know, to a, uh, I don't know, to extreme levels for uh, a year on now. Yeah, I don't think it's got, you know, I mean, just over the last several years, the, the giant injury concerns like. Some people like, well, it's playing on turf, playing on the MetLife turf. Like, it doesn't seem, you know, we'd, I'd like to do a little you know, research into seeing how much more injuries we have than other teams that play on turf, or even the Jets who play on the same turf that we do. I just think we've, we've been a little snake bit. I think it's just, you know, injuries happen, to your point, you know, especially rookies that have been going pretty much nonstop from their, their final college year through, you know, 
the amount of not only is it just for the combine, it's individual workouts that they have on their you know their home campuses and you know mini rookie camp and all these different things that they their body has no break. I just would like to see a year where it just seems like we keep we're not racking up the number of injuries at the pace we have. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all that. Um, as far as the turf thing goes, I think that there could be something to. I mean, like, you know, generalities of turf versus grass, I think, are silly. Um, I think mm-hmm. that grass is far too inconvenient uh, for the way football we play it now um, to be feasible to be league wide grass only. So that's just kind of silly to me. But the you know. Turf, I'm sure there's different kinds of turf and different kinds of expected weather elements or whatever, but yeah. I think it's fair to question perhaps, you know, individual stadiums maintenance of things mm-hmm. just like we do with grass or whatever. Um, you know, if, you know, maybe the Giants and Jets do have more injuries that are turf related and there's something to the turf specifically at MetLife or the maintenance of the turf specifically at MetLife or how the cold may affect it or something like that. I mean, there there may be. Um, yeah, but I, I think that. like looking at raw numbers, it would have to be a consistent since MetLife came about or whatever, you know, stretch versus the whole league. And I just don't think it's been that level of like. I agree. Uh, You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, MetLife is a stadium that, again, is used by two NFL stadiums. So you're talking at least 18 to 20 games a year, not including playoffs. You know, the occasional college game that's played there. You know, they're also having concerts, you know, this time of year going into the fall. So they're always tearing down and and messing with the the field level and stuff. But uh, you're right, you know. Look at places like Heinz Field in Pittsburgh or whatever it's called now or Raymond James in Tampa that have grass and they host an NFL and a college team. And the grass by November, December looks awful. You know, it looks, you know, they they either have to put in extra sod to kind of clean up patches or it just is not good. So I, I wouldn't just be quick to blame it. Oh, it's just the turf. I think, you know, there's other factors and stuff and. Again, hopefully that luck kind of turns our way. We're not just getting you know all these guys on IL and having a skeleton team like we've had last year and in prior years. Yeah, um, I will say, as of mm, I, I don't I don't want to be like the the jinx here, but <laughs> that's uh, my job. Yeah, really. Uh, Daniel Bellinger starting training camp on the PUP list is like furthest we've ever been from being injury plagued in the spring and summer you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that is like such a low i also have like no expectations all right well let's get in let's get into training camp here let's go so um training camp you know this is going to just kind of be a, a little bit of a talk on uh what we're you know it's it's a preview there's not nothing's happened yet training camp starts this week we will be watching on twitter you know um, you know, updates from whatever. It's some practices are open to the public. Might go to that. There's fan fest, um, but we'll be paying close attention and stuff like that. But since nothing's really happened yet, I guess we'd just like some insight into what we expect to see. You know, in the in the coming days, like what would not surprise you to see in offense, defense, in any way. Um, well, I'm expecting because we have a whole new coaching staff, a whole new philosophy on everything. I'm expecting. A lot of teaching, a lot of, you know, installation of things. So I expect it to be everything a little behind, a little ragged play, a lot of communication 
things have to be worked out. And and as we're doing this preview, we're not talking about necessarily just training camp. We're talking about the preseason as well. So things are going to be working on in training camp to get ready for those first preseason games. I expect it to be sloppy, and that's okay. That's what preseason's all about, getting ready for the regular season. Um, I'm hoping that this coaching staff is different than the previous coaching staff, and they take those preseason games with more of an eye towards getting ready for the seasons to start as opposed to using it for extended tryouts. I mean, thinking about the 2022 season, I want this team to be ready because wins may be a little hard to come by this year, you know, the way the roster is set up. And the idea of kind of like throwing away the first month as they're playing into shape is something I don't think this team can afford. I think there's more value in being prepared for those games than having these tryouts to see, well, who's my second and third team, you know, wide receiver going to be? I mean, is that really as much of a value as having this team ready to go in September? So what I'm hoping to see is that, you know, I want to see more playing time from starters and guys who will be part of the rotation than we have in the last couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I agree uh, with both of those things. So things I'm, I'm expecting to see, yeah, mistakes, miscommunication, uh, blown coverages, things like that. None of that's going to surprise me at all. I, I expect that. Two new systems, young young team, uh, you know, new coach, really. You know, Brian Dable's never been a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's now running the whole show uh, and kind of, I guess, sort of installing an offense, which I guess some of that is my Kafka knows it and is kind of doing it but also they're just making shit up and daniel jones tells him what plays he likes the best and there's input from everybody that sounds like a lot of shit you know what i mean so yeah i mean i expect a lot of that stuff and i'm not going to get concerned if i see you know uh if i hear that there was mistakes you know like like you said i expected to see a lot of uh you know had some extra work on the side or you know you know was sticking close to the assistant coach on this one i i expect to see a lot of that you know guys are trying to pick things up and hopefully they're doing this at a little by little pace so they can just kind of build a foundation and move on well the Uh, good thing is you know early on brian dable said things like we told daniel jones it's okay to make mistakes you know be aggressive throw the ball you know, if, if in practice, if it's an interception in practice, that's OK. We're not keeping score. So hopefully that philosophy is carrying through through training camp where they are testing these guys. And it's not just so super controlled that we get into game situations. They're not prepared for it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, he may have said that. And now let's hold him to that. Let's exactly. see. Let's see it. Um, and I, I agree with that philosophy, by the way. Like, I, I don't care if they have a whole week of bad practice if that's them getting all the mistakes out of it and they play a good game it's on Sunday, it really for the season. Yeah, yes. really makes no difference to me. So yeah, I agree with that. I expect to see that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lose my mind if the offense has a bad day or the defense is a mess for a little while or whatever. You well, know, also, I, I expect. Let's, let's that. be realistic too. This is not a Super Bowl team, so it's like there's, there's that too. To be very concerned about well, the offense doesn't look good. Guess what? This offense may not look really good in week one. Week 10, week 16. So the, the, where the bar is starting from this is a big factor too. So, um, you know, I just want to see 
and again, my overall goal for this season, and you know, I haven't really had a, we did our pen and pencils in the last couple of weeks, but ultimately what's the final record, I think, I don't care. I want to see improvement stead, slow and steady throughout the season. So week 17 looks like a much more polished and packaged team than it did in week one and two. So that's my goal. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also expect a variety of offensive line looks. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I think they got a pretty good idea uh, in the spring of how they want to assemble everybody. Um, I think they have a pretty good idea, uh, or at least they think they have a pretty good idea of what they have in each guy right now and how to place them. But I think that they're going to continue to tinker with uh, moving things around. And I think also that you know, based on some things that maybe they expected in spring, they may shake up from what they had there. Uh, you know, and have a, a few alternate theories on how they may want to run that. So I expect throughout the first couple of weeks to see some shuffling on the offensive line. And if there is none, uh, then that's probably a good thing. Uh, if everything is just kind of going to plan, uh, well, then that, you then you have five guys getting practice together, and that's a good unless thing. they've already scripted they want to do some shuffling to to cross train some guys too, and that's perfectly fine. Also, if they're doing shuffling because they're really not sure and they don't like what they saw that's a little more cause of concern but sure if they have in their mind we think we know who these starting five are going to be but you might see again some cross training across the line that's fine too as long as that's what their plan is and it's not because of necessity right and also because of injury too i mean that's my number one list here on my on my big sheet what i'm hoping for is no injuries that's priority one Oh yeah, and, I mean that, that's that's kind of that's everything from uh, from now until the end of the season. But uh, yeah, especially Let's before the season, the season starts, yeah, being as healthy as we can. Injuries happen during the season. I can live with injuries that happen during the season. It just kills me when, you know, we have a nice battle for the number three wide receiver and one is out for the year, and then we're oh, behind yeah. the eight ball all of a sudden. So, priority one is just get out of here as healthy as we can. Um. Flipping over to you know what I'm hoping to see here. Uh, so, the flip side of what I said about um, not not losing my mind over the offense having a bad day. Um, the flip side is, I'm hoping to not see this. Okay, uh, I don't think that it's alarmist to say if after you know three weeks, you know four days a week, you're hearing that the offensive line is having trouble in the middle. Okay, let's just say, you know that the they're just constantly getting pressure up the middle. And, you know, if you're noticing a trend like that, it's not alarmist to be concerned that that may be a trend that spills into the regular season. Um, I am hoping to see the mistakes that I expect, which will be scattered and day-to-day. I am hoping to not see a trend like we're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. You know, that is something that will concern me. If, if this defense is not able to get pressure on the quarterback throughout, you know, the first couple of weeks of training camp, you know, the first two preseason games, I'm going to start getting – and I don't think that that's crazy to be – look, I mean, you, you said it. This team's not going to the Super Bowl, whatever. But it's not – I want to see a well-rounded bad team. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> – we just drafted Kayvon Thibodeau the year before we got Azizo Jolari. I shouldn't be seeing zero pressure from those guys. You know what I mean? So – that would be concerning well, to me if I saw after like three weeks that it's still a, a trend. Well, that's the thing about preseason or like spring football for college or something. It's like it's 
it's two sides of a coin. Is it they're getting no pressure because the you know, the defense isn't providing pressure, or is your offensive line playing really well that you know maybe there'll be something this year? So I don't get overly concerned about things like that because to me, what's the reason? You know, is it the reason because the offensive line's playing well? Yeah, but no, 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 no. You're not. You're not. So look, that that kind of thing happens. Uh, first of all. This offensive line is not good enough to shut down anyone, and this defensive line is not good enough to be getting constant pressure against anyone. So both sides of this is nobody should be dominating is what I'm saying. You know, you're going to hear that someone's got a would-be sack on Daniel Jones every single day. I expect that. And that's not to say that that defensive lineman is very good or that that offensive lineman trying to block him is very bad. It's just win and lose battles. I mean, it's going to happen. Uh, the problem is, is if it doesn't happen at all, that's that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. If after three weeks we, we're not hearing that there's a lot of any pressure being sensed in the eleven on eleven scrimmages, that's concerning. After three, and like I said, this is um, if it were you know a day where there was no pressure from the defense. That's probably because the offensive line had a good day. Yeah, and you, and you yeah, can you, you can, can hang your hat on. Day. You're right. Yeah, right. but 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 after like three weeks, if we're hearing that constantly, you know that's that is concerning, and that's not because the offensive line is playing lights out. That's there's there might be a real issue with the defense. But again, I'm hoping not to see that. But at the end of the day, this is at best like a seven and ten team this year. So you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm kind of hoping to see here, and this might be a little. This might be kind of stupid, but I'm kind of hoping that the who is cornerback two question is like a non-factor. Like I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this defense is this like secondary of just guys that can run the system very well. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like just the, the the best six guys to cover dudes or or be or know the scheme to either disguise their blitz or run their blitz, generate pressure. There may not be like a legit starting outside corner in a normal system, but maybe just run the system good enough and we just mix and match guys on a game-to-game basis or something like that. Is it possible that guy is not on this roster yet? I mean, it, of course it's possible. I That's think, I, yeah. I, I got a kind of a sense that might be the case. But I think like... I think the addition of a guy like Andrew Adams, who's more of a safety than a corner or anything like that, kind of lends itself to the just a, a collection of DBs and not necessarily a stud number one, a stud number two, mm-hmm. and and a rock solid free safety and, and a strong safety. You know, I think it's going to be kind of just a nebulous collection of guys because a you're going to be getting yeah. yeah it's not like we're playing a tampa 2 system where we're just you know sitting back in a in a tampa 2 play like i think this is going to be like a just a weird confusing a variety of looks like you know i don't think it's going to be again, a set roster back there and again with the way the scheme we're going to and we mentioned it earlier there's going to be growing pains with it there's going to be communication issues there's going to be some time to get this install to work so you know I'm expecting to see, you know, certain plays where we just blow a coverage or something happens and it's just like, because we're just not fully, we've not fully installed this defense just yet. I mean, this defense has a potential to make really big plays, but also the potential, especially with the, uh, you know, how new it is and the level of talent overall that you're going to see lots of big chunk plays given up to. So I'm kind of okay not knowing who that guy is yet because it's, 
bigger fundamental problems that should get better as the season goes along might supersede who's out there anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and and also, you know, I, I might think that the system evolves over the course of Wink Martindale's time here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we've talked at length for months about the, you know, cash limitations that this team has had. So it's, you, you know what I mean? Maybe just like, Wink, I'm sorry I can't give you a Ferrari this year. You're going to have to make do. You know what I mean? Like, Well, look, the key, what you said is this year. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, what we, what we, the way Wink Martindale approaches his defense this year may not be the ideal way he wants to, but just mm-hmm. what he is doing with what he has mm-hmm. anyway. Agreed. So, And I think, you know, fans have to just remember, too, this is year one of this, you know, this plan with this current GM and coaching staff, too. So if you didn't have the tools this year, that doesn't mean we throw our hands up and say, well, forget it. It's not going to work. You know, let's think about the next coaching staff. Let's, you know, next year there'll be a lot more money to play with. There'll probably be some pretty good draft picks again next year. We're not counting on a very good record. Um, you know, and there'll be more tools to play with and more optimal implementation of, of a de- especially the defense. I think that's the thing that's going to take a little longer to be, you know, fully installed with having the right talent. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, only because I think quarterback plays such a huge role into the offense. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I, I agree that there's more there's more pieces that are needed on defense, but it's just that the most important piece maybe in sports on the offensive right. side. I'm talking about how installing the defense to play the way it should play. I think there's a lot of you know. Again, I am very nervous about what we're trying to do, especially with the talent level we have now. And I think it takes it takes having more talent all over the place for it to be very successful. You know, and there's potential for, you know, again, big chunk plays and quick scores could happen if, you know, that pass rush isn't there. And all of a sudden these guys are on an island and they're getting burnt. And a good quarterback who, you know, has enough time will expose. I, I think it takes longer to get that defense in than, yeah, having the right quarterback and maybe Daniel Jones is that guy. Or if not, we get the next one. But I'm more worried about. I'm gonna have more patience with the defense than I will with the offense. I think it's gonna take longer for that that side of the ball to be right. Okay. Um, so speaking of that, then uh, who who are you keying in on? Like who are who are you? immediately like jotted down on the on you know the notepad on the side there who who to look out for i got two names uh the guy i think who has a lot to really prove and has a lot to lose potentially i think is Kadarius tony um for whatever reasons his fault or not his fault everything has gone wrong with him in the first year plus and he doesn't have his, you know, his patrons anymore. The guy who drafted him is no longer here. And the coaching staff that was part of that is no longer here. And they drafted a guy with a similar skill set who could be his heir apparent. And if he, you know, has to wear a red jersey during training camp, doesn't impress, can't get on the field, another little small thing. It doesn't mean he's going to get cut at cut down day, but I think – his, like the writing will be on the wall for him for maybe next year or the year after. So to me, I think he's got to get off to the right foot and play well in this training camp in this preseason to at least firmly establish he is, you know, wide receiver two, 
and you know we're looking forward to it wow all right yeah i i mean i totally I agree it. yeah it's only year two but again i think there's enough going on with him where it's like little thing little thing little thing it starts to add up and now there's a he has a fresh slate new coaching staff well, yeah that right there that's what i was gonna say i mean everything else you know adds up little thing little thing little thing okay that's mm-hmm. fine it doesn't matter really the important thing is he has a lot to lose because he has a brand new coaching staff and a brand new gm who is exercising ultimate authority right now mm-hmm. i mean actively exercising it you know there there are front office guys who were fired after the draft that were high executives you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i mean like you are 100% right to say that Kadarius Tony has a lot to lose. I mean, getting off on the wrong foot with this coaching staff, you know, may be something that is salvageable and it may not be. Yeah. Because again, we're talking about Daniel Jones, like, as being a number six overall pick and what's going to happen with him next year. I mean, that's a bigger investment than Kadarius Tony is. I mean, that might be, and again, it, there's no skin on this general manager and this front office and they just if they decide next year they're just going to move on from that's a real possibility and i think if it starts off poorly now and he has a year like he did last year he may not be around in 2023 so i think it's very important for him to have a good training camp a good preseason just to establish i can stay healthy for a period of time i'm doing all the right things um you know he could be counted on and they could something to build on for this year and going forward and this is coming from a guy who loves Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I would say I have his chosen, which probably nobody else listens to the show has one. So, but that doesn't mean he gets a lifetime pass. I would say beyond just that uh, he can be reliable and he's doing the right things is that he can be effective. Um, you know what I mean? Well, I think he can. I mean, he showed glimpses of, last year. I mean, that of Dallas course, game. of course he can. Yeah, right. I, um, but I, it, it's all a part of that. Is it? He's not really effective if he's not around or if That's he's always it. hurt and, you That's know, whatever. It. So it's just like just – I don't think there will be many games with him if he plays a full game where like, hey, the nowhere nowhere man of the game was Kadarius Tony, with no touches, one you know, one catch for three yards. I don't think we're going to have many of those if he's playing a full game. He'll have an impact. The question is uh, being available. Yeah, probably. Uh, and I also – I don't think we'll be in the situation that we were last year where we felt like – First of all, last year he wasn't getting on the field even when he was healthy, mm-hmm. um, especially early on. But then also that they were just kind of like coming up with the weirdest and dumbest ways to just force the ball into his hands. <laughs> I don't think that we're going to be seeing that either. I agree. Uh, maybe once or twice we'll see like gimmicky plays or whatever. But, you know, there were some times where it was like this very clearly like nobody else is even running a route. Like th- this is just this is a play for Tony. Like. Well, that's where having Robinson kind of comes in, also. And I just uh, I don't think that we're going to be seeing those kind of like dumb offensive shortcuts. I agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah, uh, I am. I, I'm going to agree with you on who has the most to lose there. I mean, like, there's other guys that are kind of easier to say, like, oh, Shane Ziminis is probably halfway off the roster already. You know, Darius Slayton. Yeah, I think I think honestly, may be gone whether he likes it or not. Um, you know, it, 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 Darius Slayton has maybe perhaps a lot to lose or a lot to gain. Uh, I think maybe if he plays very well in training camp preseason, the Giants may have a chip to toss away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trade away for some other asset that may be, I don't know, a punter or something, you know. Uh, but he could get out of here and, and play for a new contract somewhere that is probably more interested in signing him than we are in re-signing him after this year. Um, and he also could have a lot to lose because if he can't stick even here, then he's going to have you know pretty shit luck on the open market, probably play for a very low contract and have an uphill battle ever playing for a better contract where he's going to have to really stand out and stuff like that. So, but I mean, that's all kind of obvious, right? Mm-hmm. I have it right here on my list for things expecting, and I put uh, after cuts down, some established names are gone, and I have Zimenez and I have Slayton right yeah. there on that list. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, again, these guys who might be here a little longer than you think because they're investments made by the previous GM, and that GM is no longer here. There are no ties for these guys. They have to perform. They have to execute. And there's competition. You know. Competition at wide receiver for Slayton. You know, Zimenez is going to have competition. And if they don't produce, they're going to be gone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the guys that I'm – or guys, I, I guess just general areas that I'm going to focus in on. For starters, I'm I'm really, really stoked to just watch the edges of both trenches. Mm-hmm. Both the – you know, the, the tackles. I want to see Thibodeau and Ojolari. I want to see them getting at it. I just want to watch those battles. That's going to be really fun. Um, and I'm really interested to see Jones and the way he is functioning in Dable's offense, the way this offense is created around him. But, you know, specifically, you know, I'm interested in the way that Tony and Robinson and Barkley are all deployed creatively, or, or maybe they won't be deployed creatively at all. It'll be really mundane. But whatever, I'm interested in all that stuff. But what I'm really focusing in on is how this offense is created around Daniel Jones, supposedly. Uh, and so I kind of want to see how comfortable Daniel Jones already looks in it. You know, I'm, that doesn't mean completing 12 passes out of 12. It just, you know, means I, I, it might be an eyesight thing. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but. I, I, I have on my notes here for Daniel Jones. It's how much are they giving him? Right. I mean, if, if we come out, it looks like he's a quarterback on training wheels or someone like a rookie out there. Like, we're just giving you a little bit this week, a little bit more next week. If we can see, like... A package of different things that he's doing that will make me feel okay this coaching staff is pretty comfortable with him to go out and play on you know September 10th whenever that first game is but if we see something like you know what a rookie would be doing and he's just being like spoon-fed little bits of the offense I'm gonna be concerned so yeah, it's, that's it's, actually a really good barometer for how to check it but just in general it may be like you know, in the training camp practices that I watch or just the clips, you know, just how comfortable he seems to look dropping back and, and throwing and s- expecting what he's seeing and, you know, whatever, and just how comfortable he feels. But really, it's going to be a progressive thing that I'm watching throughout training camp. So right. it's obviously going to go into the preseason games where it'll be on display for all of us. So, you know, it's just one of those things that it might be an eyesight thing for me. I'm not sure what specifically is going to stand out. That's going to make me say it looks like shit in this offense yeah, or whatever. Numbers but. are relevant to me in the preseason. Oh, definitely. Me, it's, right. This is an eye test thing. And I think it's a, you build more confidence, what you see a play happening. than you go back to the stat sheet and say, Oh, nine for 13 for 150. Oh, that's good. But it's like, you kind of know it when you see it and you see a level of confidence, you see, you know, Come on, throw it. You know, oh, guys, open. You know, we don't want to see those things. We want to see assuredness and knowing what he's going to do with the ball and you know, aggressiveness. Again, he if 
if what is he, they said in the beginning is true, that they're going to let him take the handcuffs on him and let him play, mistakes will happen. But let, let's see what, how those mistakes happen, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, so those are the two things I'm like most ready to key in on. But I do want to mention one dude that I, I might be like a sneaky little guy to keep your ears out for is uh, Jeremiah Hall. Um, kind of like weird fullback, H-back, tailback of sorts. Um, I'm really interested to see because he's kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of offensive weapon that might be useful as that 53rd guy. Probably will earn his stripes on special teams as well. Um, but I, I think he could add a fun dynamic to the offense. Might be one of those guys that's like a fan favorite to make the team or you know a fan favorite to score a touchdown if he does make the team. You know what I mean? Like a... No. I, also a fullback, so I say him, but Henry Hynoski or, you know, whatever, something <laughs> like that, you know? You know, we got a lot of guys like that who are kind of Swiss Army nice. If they want to use Saquon Barkley as much out of the backfield as, you know, as a running back. We have, you know, Robinson, Kadarius, Tony, guys who can, you know, little scat backs who could, who, you know, could catch the ball, could potentially Daniel Jones. Ball. Daniel Jones is another guy, too. So there's a lot of guys who could fill that role, that kind of... I don't even know if you want to call it gadgety, just part, that part of just the Just somebody offense. with, like, a, a, a multiple skill set to hurt you in several ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you know, it gives you a lot of different uses, you know, allows for creativity, stuff like that. Yep. I'm excited yep. to see that stuff. And and we are going to see that stuff in the coming weeks. Do you have anything else to add to this episode here before we go over future schedule? Uh, No. I mean, it's finally, let's... Uh... Rookies start this week. I think the full team starts next Monday. Um, no, 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 no. This week. Rookies were already there. Um, veterans come tomorrow. Wednesday. They come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So when is their first actual practice? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, so it's here. Uh, again, let's, let's just get started. Again, the mo- priority one, two, and three is I don't want to hear about anybody going off you know, on a cart. I don't want to hear these things. Um, it's still going to be hot this week, so that will be interesting to see. You know how they're going to treat the heat, and I don't know about where you were out in Jersey, but we had some pretty big thunderstorms here today. How that's going to impact the the, uh, the practice schedule? If they got to run inside or not, or not? So, um, it's camp. It's here. I'm I'm just excited. Oh yeah, uh, me too, man. Uh, this is going to be the first normal camp we've had since COVID, right? That's in terms right. of like. Uh, yeah, I guess just normal preseason yeah. preseason rules. Yeah. yeah, so uh, this is exciting. It kind of feels strange, <laughs> um, but there's a lot to do. There's a lot of open practices, so this is going to be cool. I'm really excited for some preseason games this year, um, and there's a lot to cover. Uh, just not unfortunately for this episode, but the coming episodes will be. So th- we'll have one next week, regular time. We'll have a recap of. Um, you know, the first couple practices, what we've heard, you know, breaking down, I guess, some rumors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have another one the week after that. And then after that, we will have our first preseason game. So we'll have two straight weeks of wow. regular training camp coverage. Uh, and obviously, if we if there is big news, a major injury, trade, free agent signing, uh, anything like that that warrants an emergency episode, there will be a small episode dedicated directly to that as soon as possible. Yes. So it will fall outside this 
you know schedule I'm kind of talking about here. But just you know, two back-to-back weeks of just training back uh, training camp coverage. We'll have an episode after the first preseason game, which is at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that one's going to be broadcast at the end of the week or if we'll just save it for the beginning of next week. We'll have to figure that one out based on our schedules. Right. Um, and then the next two weeks will just be episodes after preseason games. games. Yeah. yeah. So we can actually evaluate with our own eyes and not just take, you know, what the reporters are telling us. We get to see for our own, like, what do we like? What do we don't like? What's encouraging? What's disturbing? All those things. And look, we're going to start something new also this year. Um, I, I'm going to be keeping a uh, more public tab on uh, college football prospects. Uh, I'm going to try and use this channel to do that. So this year we will be doing, before the college season starts, like a quick look around the Power Five, or just uh, a quick a quick look around college at the, you know, the prospects that yeah. we already have highlighted by conference um, you know, that we've got our eye on. And as the season goes on, I might do a quick little, I, I will do, not I might do, I will be doing, you know, quick little episodes here and there of, you know, interesting matchups to watch or, you know, if a prospect is truly starting to fall or rise or whatever, I might do, you know, a special thing when if it's a big game coming up. It will not be major coverage. It's not going to be super duper in-depth. But, uh, you know, just kind of the way I watch college football all year, except now I'll be more public about it and, you know, yeah. let you I mean, guys in on what that. What we want to do is we don't, we don't want you to be the people out there who you watch the Rose Bowl and you see a center and you're like, oh, we got to draft him first. When it's like you haven't, you're not, you haven't heard of the guy two days before. So we want to, you know, guys that we see, because, you know, you all know I watch a lot of college football, a lot of SEC. You know, and I can, you know, I'll probably be focusing more on the SEC, um, you know, opponents of Florida and, and, and guys that are, you know, making names for themselves in the conference. So that way, you know, when you're getting like to bowl season where a lot of you watch college football for the first time, you've at least heard the names, you know what to look for and really evaluate for your own for the first time before we get into, you know, draft season and evaluating and all that. So just give you a little little head start on your on your research. Yeah, and the first episode of that uh, is coming out just before the college season kicks off at the end of August. So um, that's pretty awesome, too, and that's all on the horizon coming up. So I hope to see you guys in the coming weeks with us here on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, you know, what have you. And we hope to see you on Twitter as well, where you can interact with us. I'm at football underscore grump, and he's at the cranky fan. Yeah, and don't forget also my solo show um, podcast and uh, YouTube. It's on the FL Teams Network. I actually had uh, Snacks, our good buddy, uh, on there with me. We were debating Yankees and Rays, um, so we recorded it last week, It's but it's still relevant. So if you get a chance, check out the, the YouTube channel for FL Teams and look up the Cranky Fan Pod with uh, myself and Snacks as we, we talk about it. So I know a lot of you guys are Yankee fans. I think you might enjoy it. So uh, give give me a listen on that as well. Yes, I uh, actually did give that a listen myself, and it's actually very interesting and fun. Uh, that was a good episode. Cool. Um, yeah, so we will see you guys in the coming weeks. Go Giants! Go Giants.